from VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the VinePair Podcast. Before we start, I want to talk about something a little bit of a bummer. And that is that Joanna's in the phone booth of the office because <laughs> we still don't have the studio set up again <laughs> from COVID. And so I'm in my office with the door closed and Joanna's in the phone booth. And it's so weird. Yeah. It is Are you changing into Superwoman? <laughs> Joanna, is that what's going on? I wish. It's the best use for a phone booth. It's real tight in here. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking like Joanna like sitting in the phone booth right now. Oh, sorry, Zach. Can we blame someone? Can we blame someone for not it not being set up? Maybe Keith. No, it's it's COVID's fault. Keith is here actually right now, like figuring out, you know, how we're gonna bring in the like the panels and everything to like build because we were in the process of building like a full studio in the back Uh conference room of the office uh, before COVID, and we kind of stopped. Uh, obviously. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so now Key's like back, you know, okay, cool. We're doing this. Like we're, we're all coming back into the office, but we've been recording. And I just, I, I realized today for some reason, as we were about to start, oh yeah, that's right. Like Johanna's been in the phone booth each time. <laughs> it's just like so funny. <laughs> Cause you, know, you need a really quiet spot. <laughs> you just, you know, we, we need quiet spaces, quiet spaces. Um, oh, I miss being in a studio. Shout out to former engineer, Nick Patry. Hope you're doing oh, well. Oh yeah. Nick. That was a great guy. He would have. Um, he would have. He. he I, I. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, I'm sure he's got lots of thoughts about hard seltzer. Oh yeah, he was a big hard seltzer person. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about him, like in the past tense, like he doesn't exist anymore. What's up, Nick? <laughs> he's still there, I think. Um, so, uh, how have you both been? What's been going on? What have you been drinking? I've been well. I can jump in. Um, I had a really great weekend of drinking. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, well, I took my banana rum guys and I made that oh, yeah. banana yeah. festino cocktail and it came out really, really well. Nice. And I can't wait to do it again. <sighs> it's my new thing. It. Watch I love out it. Dave Arnold. So worth whatever the effort was, huh? Yes, absolutely worth the effort. Are you gonna can you like send the recipe? Can we post it like in the show notes or something? Oh yeah, sure. I can definitely do that. That would be amazing because I kinda want to make this now. Yeah. I mean, you just need this, you need this enzyme, the pectinex stuff that I talked about, but it's a quick, quick order and then, and then you're good to go. That's so interesting. And (laughs) what else did you do this weekend? And then I went to the dead rabbit, which I have never been to. And it was awesome. What a great place. I had the Irish coffee there, which is incredible. Famous, famous. Mm -hmm. So, so good. I really want to make it at home. Um, And I also had a really delicious gin cocktail with, um, with vermouth and snappy, oh, which was oh, very delicious. Interesting, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was that was really wonderful, and I can't wait to go back. Um, but that was, yeah, that was the extent of my drinking this weekend. What about nice. you? Nice, yeah, uh, Zach. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. the The thing that I had this past weekend that was really exciting for me was uh, we were celebrating my one of my sister's birthdays, and um, I brought it was just a small family gathering, but I brought a magnum of Prosecco uh, from Adami, which is one of my favorite producers from one of their like, um, it's like, you know, one of their kind of higher end uh, bottlings from a, mm-hmm. from a single vineyard. And it reminds me as I am reminded whenever I do drink, you know, most of the time when I drink Prosecco, it's probably something like that where like, it's a little bit more of a, it's a DOCG bottle and it's probably a little more reserved. And I just like, it's so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I used to be kind of the like mm, Prosecco. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And like, Ever since I think some of it's like, you know, as has been the case with other wine regions for me, like you go to a place and you and you see it and you try some of the wines and you meet some of the people and you feel differently about it. But also just like 
I think there is a like there is something just about the sort of balance of Prosecco and how it's like a little less intensely effervescent than a lot of other sparkling wines. It's often a touch sweeter. Um, it's a little more fruit driven. It's not quite as much about like sort of long uh, bottle aging and conditioning and like it's fucking delicious. And I just like, yeah, there's like a lot of, you know, a lot of you know mediocre ish Prosecco out there, but mm-hmm. even that stuff is pretty good. And the, and the <laughs> yeah. good stuff is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, I like, I, I always am reminded when I do this, I'm like, I should drink more Prosecco. <laughs> nice. Good. What about you, Adam? Uh, so I had some, uh, some, some fun adventures over the weekend. I, uh, I went to, um, the Western Catskills. I think I've talked about this before, but we went to check out this new hotel that opened, uh, called Cali Coon Hills, which was really <laughs> different than uh, our, your new uh, hotel last week. <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't a new hotel. Anyways, it was a fun hotel <laughs> that we had booked a long time ago, but for this last weekend, um, my sort of like last big weekend traveling, except for what I'm about to talk about in uh, mm. in our subject for this week. But so, yeah, a great hotel and had some delicious cocktails in the area. Um, went to uh, this really great uh, like pizzeria and bar called Kathskeller and had a Hemlock Negroni. Which was really delicious. It survived, apparently. Hemlock poisonous. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, but you know, that was the name of it. But it was a really good Negroni, very like floral, uh, quite enjoyable. I think there's something with the owner of this pizzeria. It's like all outdoors. You've been before, right, Joanna? I have. I have. Yep. It's a cool spot. There's like a connection, right, between like I think the owner and either his partner or someone is the owner of Apothecary. I think. Yes. Yes. You're right. And so so I think that's who does the cocktails. But so that was, Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Um, And then I continued to search for an old fashioned and (laughs) continued to not be served an old fashioned with a large cube. So Mm. I think I'm done searching for an old fashioned. I think I'm tapped out. You got to make it yourself, man. Yeah. I mean, I tried multiple times after listening to the first episode of cocktail college and uh, I just, every place was like, you know, basically chunk ice, and I just like okay. Did you never ask mind. for a big cube, or did you just yes. kind of take it how so, they gave it? Okay, okay. No, so let me even. So I started <laughs> taking how I. So, so let me be clear, right? So the first few times I just took it, I was like, oh, fuck, I guess that's what we're doing again. So then the last time we're at dinner, and this is going to go into my two questions for Zach. Okay. At a place that w- was having some issues, um, it, they were they were newer, so. You know, it was actually the restaurant of the Hotel Calicoon Hills. And um, so, you know, I think they're having some service issues, still getting their sea lights, only open for a few months, but they had a bottle aged old fashioned on their list. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. They, they've got to serve it over Big Cube. So the server comes over and I'm like, like I'm looking at, you know, your cocktails. Naomi had already picked what she wanted. It's like, you know, I'm choosing between this interesting thing or the bottle aged old fashioned. I was like, you know, sounding really delicious. Like, how do you guys serve? Like, over a big cube, you know, orange <laughs> twist. And I've been trying to, like, be, like you serve it. And, 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 you know, the server is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it comes oh. out over chunk ice. <laughs> I was just like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, I just, it, you know, anyways, but I did have two service issues that I was curious about. One that happened at the same restaurant and another that happened. Uh, later in the week, right before we recorded, actually, Josh and I and Naomi went out to dinner, and both of them asked me to ask you, Zach, as our re- as our sort of resident, you know, hospitality Service professional, pro. yeah, how to handle these and like what you would do. So, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to give you both scenarios and let you talk about both of them. So, scenario one, 
Um, you know, we ordered cocktails. Cocktails took forever to come out because this mm-hmm. is at the same place because the bar was backed up because uh, mm-hmm. they were like doing a huge party outside, which I always oh. understand, right? Like, like make that money. But like when that happens and there was, and there was one bartender behind the bar and oh. your dining room's full, it totally sucks. Cause like, I think when you yeah. first go out to eat, right, you're, you're like craving that first cocktail when you sit down. And actually I'm interested, Joanna, what you would do in both these scenarios too. So mm-hmm. um, we, we ordered the cocktails. And then they were like, oh, would you like, you know, a starter? And then would you like, you know, what entrees would you like? And we ordered starters and we were going to order a bottle of wine. And then we ordered our, our mains and cocktails come out. Starters still hadn't come. So we're like, okay, cool. Like we have some time. And they placed the starters down. And when they placed the starters down, they could see that like our, our cocktails were like, you know, a quarter full still. And so they asked if we wanted wine and we ordered glasses of wine for our entrees. And then they walk back. And like I'm telling you, the starters had just come out and mm-hmm. the entrees came out. Oh, man. Oh, no. And mm-hmm. Naomi literally said, excuse me, could you please send those back to the kitchen? Yeah. And they were really surprised and like taken aback by that. And then he's like, we literally just got salad and, you know, like we were sharing an appetizer. And I could tell they were kind of like, Whoa? and then, of course, when the entrees came out, they were cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. So that was really, really of a bummer. So I'm curious how you, sh- how we should have handled that, how you would handle that. I didn't know what to do. Um, yeah. Cause I was like, I mean, either way they're going to get cold, right? Cause they're going to sit to the side of us mm-hmm. or, and get cold while we eat the starters. And I'm just curious what they should have done. And then the other question I have for you, Zach is, so we went out to dinner and we ordered wine. There was a Psalm, went to a, a, a nicer place in New York um, that has a, a Michelin star. And first of all, the Psalm, without knowing us, like, was like, are you guys interested in like red or white, like funky? And I just said, you know, no mouse. And, um, <laughs> and then was like, no, but something, you know, something interesting. And I told him like what we were looking at, and I, I mentioned like, you know, an Edna Rosa was around like 80 bucks. He recommends like this producer is like, you got to try this producer. So amazing. She makes Gamay in, you know, in Burgundy, actually not Beaujolais. And so of course I like look at the list and it's $150. Like, well, okay. that's a lot than the $80 yeah. bottle that I told you I was looking at. But then, so then he walks away. And so Josh and I are looking and both of us realized, which, you know, maybe this is, you know, a good thing or a bad thing, or you're going to judge me, whatever, that we had never had a Cabernet Franc before from Anjou. Okay. And there was, an, there was a Cabernet Franc from Anjou on the list and it was like 85 bucks. And so we order that and he like, you know, takes it, you know, takes the order, comes back and he's pouring the Anjou and I taste it and I say, you know, this is so cool. It's such a great Cabernet Franc. I've never had a Cab Franc from Anjou before. And he goes, yeah, my favorite Cabernet Franc on the list is from Samour actually. And it's amazing. And it punches way above his weight. And it's a better deal at $70. Literally says that to me. And I was like, after he's already poured you the wine. After he's already poured us the wine from Anjou. And I was so taken aback. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, Okay. Yeah, that's. Um, I don't know what to do here. And I was like, "Is he pissed? We didn't take his original recommendation. Like, is it? Did I do something wrong? So, anyways, what was? Is, <laughs> I mean, am I right? Bad behavior, or like, should I have done something better? Like, what? What? What's going on here, Zach? And okay. Jenna, what would you be just as shocked as me? Oh my god, yes. I think like in the first instance, I probably would have just uh, let them give us Played the entrees it. and then yeah. yeah, just like eating it all together, I suppose. But that's not a you know. That's not great. Um, and then the second, I truly don't know what I would have done. That yeah. what a wild thing to do. It was you should weird. have said that before when you ordered it. Yeah, like I you, like you're clearly looking I... for recommendations and his input on wine. If you're ordering this Cab Franc, and he's like, actually, 
here's right, like when I said, hey, we're going to give you all this from Anjou, I thought he would have maybe he thought I was like very assertive. But then I thought, okay, well, if you thought I was very assertive, then there was no reason to say something else to me after you poured that wine, right? right. Like, like this know. is a really great wine. You're going to love it. Yeah. Exactly. I think, okay. So, so let me try it. Let me try to put this together. For, first, the, the entree thing. I mean, I'm kind of in, in generally in like Joanna's camp in that like, I would probably rather get the entrees, even if it's way too early. Maybe, you know, yeah, I can probably. try a couple bites while it's still warm. Like, you know, it's not a great situation. I think it is like, unfortunately, you know, t- I mean, look, having worked service for many years, timing food out of a kitchen, especially a busy kitchen, especially a new kitchen, it's really yeah. hard. Um, and, yeah. you know, again, I have no, you know, it may be the case that the server is new. It may be, the, I mean, they obviously are new because the whole place is new. It may be the case that like, unfortunately, like maybe the chef is a tyrant. You never know. And if you go back there and say, you know, table 24 isn't ready for their entrees. I need you to refire them. You might get screamed at. Like, I, right, I don't right. blame the server totally for being kind of like, oh, your food's ready. Here it is. But it is true that like part of what you pay for when you go out to a meal is like pacing, right? You know, when I make dinner at home, all the food gets made at the same time because I want to sit down and eat it. I don't get up and make multiple courses generally. Right. And so <laughs> and so we all kind of accept that as a given. But when you go out to eat, like you are hoping to get a lot of those things done for you, including proper coursing. And so yeah, I mean that's just a bummer, but that's a bummer that happens. The, the- right. I think I think talking to both of you, we should have just let them place it. I just think we were so taken aback and then we yeah. just were like, No, can you please send it back? Like we're not ready. Was, but yeah. yeah, we should have just let them drop it on the table. Yeah. It's kind of like a you're not really you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't in that situation because yeah. you're because unless you're in a I mean if you're at a one star Michelin restaurant or something like that you would reasonably expect that not to happen and right. I think you would be well within your right to say we just got our appetizers like you know can you hold on to these and if they can't keep them at peak condition warm then they should remake it like that's just the reality of that kind of restaurant we I've certainly done that plenty of times in my career it's not fun. But like, you know, that's just the deal. That's how it works. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't get the timing right on your end, that's not the guest's fault. As far as the psalm goes, I mean, what blows me away here is like, I don't think it's totally outlandish for for them to have recommended a wine that's significantly more expensive, but only if they also recommended other wines that were in your price range. So if they had said, hey, you know, okay, you're looking at this Etna Rosso, so maybe you like kind of lighter to medium bodied reds. I've got this great Cabernet Franc from Samur. I've also got this really cool Gamay from Burgundy. Like Burgundy, you didn't even used to be able to legally allowed to grow Gamay in Burgundy. It's this cool story. I mean, whatever the situation is with this wine. And like, you know, when I would, when people ask me for recommendations and they even maybe would say something they were interested in, often I would sort of throw wines at them that were both below and, or, you know, at or below their price range and above. You never know when someone right. might be willing to spend 120, 130, $140, $150 on a bottle of wine. If you, can give them a reason to do it. And that's the Psalm's job is to upsell in some cases or in many cases. And it's not, you can say like, if you're looking to splurge, here's exactly. Or just like, if you want something really special or whatever. Right. Right. And you can say, that sounds great. Maybe not for tonight. But to me, the thing that, and obviously the thing that you were more turned off by and and understandably is like, there would have been a way for that Psalm. Maybe you, maybe they felt like you were really sure that you wanted this Cab Franc from Anjou and you, they didn't want to tell you no. But what they could say to you is, Oh, you know, if you really like this, maybe next time if you come in, there's this other great Cabernet Franc on our list from Samur. I think it's also really good. It's in that price range. Like, definitely keep your eye on that next time. Like, they mm-hmm. could tell you about it. And maybe yeah. you would go, like, it'd still be a little bit like, well, if you think that, maybe you think that's better. Maybe we should have gotten that. But they wouldn't have made you feel like an ass, which is, like, why do that? Like, that is such a terrible – like, there's just nothing in it for them other mm-hmm. than, I don't know, lording it over you that, like, you yeah. made a bad choice. But, like, fuck, that's on them. Like, their job is to not let you make a bad choice – 
if at all possible. And I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed your wine. So no, it was great. Yeah. It was super cool there. But like, if they have, if, if, if someone said, if I, if that were me and that $70 Cab Franc from Samur was like my favorite wine on the list or of my favorite Cab Franc on the list or something, and someone else was ordering, and someone ordered a different Cab Franc in that price range from a nearby region, I'd be like, that sounds, that's a great wine. Just want to let you know, like this other wine is my personal favorite. Like, uh, you know, if you want to consider that. But may, but also you know the truth is like some psalms are like weird about like they don't want to downsell right you already like turned down yeah. the upsell now you're getting a they don't I mean you would think right now I'm getting a wine for ninety five it was, it was ninety five yeah, compared or, to seventy yeah or, so it's twenty five yeah, bucks okay, different right. yeah yeah so I mean like I think they I don't think they have an obligation to talk you out of your ninety five dollar bottle of wine but they do have an obligation to not make you feel like a moron for right. having bought it. As you're tasting it, like not even at the end of the night, like, hey, by the way, like, I also really like this wine. Right. It was literally at the just very beginning like, of the glass. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, well, why am I drinking this then? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? So, oh my gosh. I'm well, sorry. That's thank you no for fun. making me. Yeah, I, it's just, it's funny. I think maybe we're just all getting our sea legs back in terms of like, you know, going out to dinner. And um, I don't want to hold it against the psalm. I just was like very taken aback by it. And I think, you know, Josh and Naomi were too. Like, like when he walked away, they're like, Wait, did that just happen? <laughs> like, you I have to say, Adam, you are like a weird magnet for strange interactions with someone. No, I, I don't think, know what it I is think about that I just sh- I think I just share them more because <laughs> I think yeah, I think yeah. strange interactions have really done now. True. Yeah, I just share them more because um, I'm curious about them, and I also I think you know I want people to know when this kind of stuff happens that like it happens to all of us, mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. I want to understand like how do we how do you handle it because I think we're all sort of that's sort of where the intimidation comes from, right? Where like for sure, when you go to order wine, when you're when you're talking about beverage, especially, it can be really intimidating. Whereas, like you know, when the other server came over talking about the like the the menu for this rep for you know the restaurant, I was like, oh yeah, I, no, I definitely don't want the one ninety five prime, you know, like ribeye. <laughs> like that's that's for sure, and I know what a ribeye tastes like. Imagine if you did order a steak, you ordered a New York strip or something, <laughs> yeah, and the server comes out and brings it, and you take one bite, and they're like, oh, by the way, you know what's way better is right. you know the the flat iron steak for for you know uh, two thirds the price. You <laughs> <laughs> order that. You're like, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> like, I would, it doesn't matter the the context. That's just terrible service, and and it, it's not you know that's that's unfortunate. Totally. So, um, I thought we would have a really fun conversation this week. Uh, even though we we're did already, have like, a really fun conversation. In. This already was one. <laughs> I know. It's already the podcast, actually. Um, so really quickly, uh, we'll, we'll keep this one maybe not brief, but so guys, this weekend I'm doing something a little bit crazy. Okay. <laughs> and I promise I will get a PCR test when I come back, but I am going Otherwise, to... you're going in the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those of you that are loyal listeners know that I originally from Auburn, Alabama, and I'm a huge Auburn Tigers football fan, and they are playing a whiteout game, primetime ABC, Saturday night, so at Penn State. Oh, and I have tickets and I'm going with my friend, Ryan. Naomi wants no part of this and we are going to a sporting event and I'm really curious to see what sporting events are going to start looking like as we're coming out of COVID and the drinking around sporting events. Like I, you know, last weekend was the first weekend of NFL football. I know lots of people that went out to watch the games and obviously there's lots of brands that are really hopeful that this happens, right? Because these are really, you know, great entertaining occasions where people love to grab, you know, cans of seltzer, bottles of beer, 
make cocktails, drink wine, et cetera. Um, and so I'm curious like what you guys think the fall holds for, you know, drinking and sports. Cause right now it feels to me like a lot of people are acting like we're kind of getting back to normal in that regard. Well, Joanna, as our biggest sports fan, you should go first. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What is a whiteout game? Uh, so at Penn State, I, guess, I think their colors are blue and white or something. I don't really know. Uh-huh. They're the rival. They're, they're a team we're going to beat. So I don't really <laughs> care what their colors are, but one of their colors is white. And mm-hmm. so like, a tradition is that their biggest games of the year, if, it, if they're night games, every single Penn State fan wears white in the stadium that holds like, you know, 80,000 people. Apparently it's actually very intimidating Mm because it's like all you can see is just this like bright white. Mm -hmm. I think Georgia does like a blackout game where everyone wears black. Like it's like kind of like based on their colors, but because one of Penn State's colors is white, it's like become very famous in sort of college sports as this thing that happens and people write about it. It's like, I've I've been to a whiteout game. I assume you will not be wearing white. No, I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear orange and blue on purpose and hope that I don't get beat up. <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah. Well it depends we are, on what drinking people are doing, right? I think we're sitting deep in the Penn State section, so it's gonna okay. be a little freaky. Okay. But um but yeah, but I'm taking precautions. I'm obviously mm-hmm. vaccinated. I'll be wearing a mask. Yeah. Um N ninety five. And uh that the N ninety five is blue. And uh, <laughs> and and I will definitely be taking PCR tests when I get back. But um yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Joanna, what, what, what's your opinion here? How do you feel about like about sports Sunday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon drinking? Well, I, I have a few thoughts on football specifically. I have yeah. been to a few professional sports games recently. I've been to a few baseball games, Yankees and Mets, and I actually went to the U.S. Open, which was oh yeah, also fun. Um, I have a feeling that they're tamer um, than what college, what I imagine college football. Um, to be or know it to be. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, think <laughs> Maybe. That, I have a theory of why that is, but we can get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually going to be really interesting to see, like you were saying, Adam, like the sports bars and yes. what, what that situation is like, because I college football has started already. Correct. Yep. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot of our local sports bars, like pretty packed with people um, watching games so, so yeah, I, I, I will not be participating. I do not care for NFL. <laughs> why? Um, why? <laughs> because I just, I think it's so, so boring. Um, <laughs> I have no allegiance to any team. And this is a fun fact about me. I am married to a very lovely Canadian man who, when we first met, had no interest in NFL and has subsequently joined a fantasy football team. And it's so dreadful because now he cares to watch the games. I love and it. I, I, we've corrupted him. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's know, horrible. Really <laughs> He's like, oh, so like Thursday night, can we watch some, can we watch some football? Because one of his players is in the game. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. He like, he spends hours at night, like on his phone, like setting his draft. And I'm yeah, like, this so is good. so horrible. Naomi hates that when I do that too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, sorry. what are you doing? <laughs> Anyway. researching players yeah yeah so i so yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be wild wow yeah i do too i mean i want to like zach how, how is it in seattle i mean you guys first of all have a, 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 a at least a very famous quarterback i don't know how the seahawks are this year oh they're they're we're, we're good don't you yeah know? Obviously, we're good <laughs> and like i mean is it is it full are people going out at the bars and watching the game like have, what have you heard what are you saying 
really good question. I mean, we, the Seahawks have not played at home yet. They, okay. they started their season on the road. Um, they'll be at home uh, over this coming weekend. So by the time you all hear this, that game will have happened. Um, my understanding is, um, and it's actually interesting, I was just, um, I was actually reaching out to a contact who works for the Seattle Mariners because um, I've been interested in what they're doing um about about beverage service um, because I was at a, a Mariners game. My wife and I went um, a few weeks ago, as listeners might recall, and it was interesting to see, you know, how even in the couple of years since I'd been to a game, the the product mix and just kind of how things are done at the games has changed. Some of that's maybe COVID related. Some of it's just due to changes in the market, but it was definitely a little different than it had been in the past. And I don't know about for for the Seahawks, another big change around here is at the University of Washington, whose football team appears to be dreadful, um, but is uh, and I have no, I don't have any rooting interest in. Um, but they they are serving uh, beer and wine at games for the first time in a long time, um, and so you know you're definitely getting a sense that for all of these, I mean, again, for all of these teams, right? You know, like last year the Seahawks played, but they did not play in front of fans. So mm-hmm. a huge part of the the game day profitability for the fr- these franchises is concessions and you know beer in particular and and other alcohol more generally is a big driver of that and so i think for a you know i think there's certainly a lot of hope on everyone's part on that side that you know things will be back to normal that you know stadiums are at full capacity and Mm -hmm. um you know there are uh vaccine and mask mandates here in in washington um for these events but you know, people can be in the stands drinking, um, obviously, and I, I just I think that's all going to be kind of as it has been. But but to the question about sports bars, you know, I think that what you're seeing is a little bit of a mixed bag, from what I can gather. Mm-hmm. There are definitely a like I saw again. I wasn't there in person, but I've just seen. Um, you know, footage and stuff like that, you know, the stuff around footage. the stadiums. Footage. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's part of the coverage in some way, like around the stadiums, you're definitely seeing, you know, the bars that are kind of game day, you know, kind of spots are, are pretty, have been pretty busy. But I think mm-hmm. what you've, I think I've heard of more, um, and just anecdotally this year is, is what kind of you were getting to uh, in the intro, Adam, which is like a lot more people doing stuff at home, right? Like a lot of people yeah. have decided, I'm maybe not comfortable going out to a sports bar with strangers and, and, you know, spending three, four, six, ten 10 hours eating and drinking, you know, unmasked, you know, you know, maybe there are some places that are vaccine mandate, some places are not, but I am comfortable having 10 to 15 people over in my house. And I'm probably, you know, as we've talked about any number of times on the podcast, you know, maybe I feel a little more comfortable with my own entertaining chops. Cause I've had to just do so much more at home of late. And so right. I, I think like, the you know your overall you're like you're definitely going to see a, a a real uptick in the sales of of the kinds of things that fit into that and it's whether that's you know light beer seltzer i mean those things are already doing well mm-hmm. um but i but i think it's going to be you know if i were a sports bar owner in a not near a stadium i might be a little concerned about what whether i'm going to be able to hit you know cuz those things are those things revolve around the big nfl sundays the big college football Saturdays, you know, they don't, mm. they're not necessarily super profitable on a Wednesday night. Um, but they're, but they're built around those things. And, and, and I don't know, I think we will see. It's also, you know, here in Seattle, the last thing I'll say is like, we're just transitioning kind of weather wise from, from mm-hmm. summer into fall. And I think, you know, part of it is also what are people going to do when it's like dark and gloomy and rainy and cold and like, do you really want to be at home again? Maybe Sunday seems like a good day to go out and go to a sports bar. Cause it's just something to do. Yeah. Mm. 
I wonder – so in Seattle, Zach, are they requiring vaccination proof to come inside? For not not yet truly for all restaurants. Um, it's required at all of the sporting events, including the outdoor events, except somehow the Mariners who are not implementing it until October, which is convenient for them because their season is going to be over in October. Yeah. But um, whatever. <laughs> um, the, the, it's – I have not been tracking it ultra diligently because in part because we have a small child and another one due any day. Um, so we're not like going out to eat much right now. Um, so I haven't played like super close attention to what the rules are. Yeah. But it's definitely if there isn't a vaccine mandate yet, it will be coming soon. I think I think they're just been trying to get everyone on the same page, which, you know, is, is tricky um, for sure. You know, the city, the state uh, and the county even. Because well, I wonder if like part of the reason there is maybe more like excitement around sports bars in New York is just because, um, Mm. you know, the vaccine is required. So at least, you know, when you're in the sports bar watching the game with people and drinking, you know, your, your truly or white claw or your Bud Light or whatever that like you're there with other vaccinated fans. Mm -hmm. Um, so it might feel a little safer, but to, to go back to your original point, Joanna, about, college seeming crazier. Mm -hmm. I think that all has to do with the fact that college has a real problem still admitting that it's of age fans drink before the game Mm -hmm. and would like to drink at the game. And I think we've had this conversation before, Zach, you and I. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, because there are still so few college stadiums that allow the legal sale of alcohol, what occurs is a lot of fans smuggling alcohol in mm-hmm. and also drinking to oblivion before all both of which are very bad yeah. right these are not things that should happen yeah and this is why i mentioned that like the university of washington is allowing alcohol sales at games now and one of the reasons they cited was basically that right like we think we can respond like we think we can decrease you know basically people getting blackout drunk before they even get in and or smuggling stuff into the stands if we provide them with an option now cynically i don't know if that's true and i also think like it's obviously a cash grab but like Mm -hmm. there is something to the idea that if a lot of these games are dry if you can't drink at them yeah a lot of people are they're not gonna be like oh well i guess i should be sober like that's just not how people are gonna behave Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and look i do think that is different when you attend a sporting event in new york or any professional sporting event but to, to go back to you know your experience at the u.s open um I went to the US Open this year too. Like, you know, I went, I got on the train. I was, you know, I hadn't had a drink. I got to the stadium. I went and I had two beers. You paid you know, like $40 for a drink. Yeah, that's why I only had two beers. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had them in the stands. So I was like, oh, cool. Like I can have a beer and watch tennis. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think if if it had been like, oh, I'm about to go to this game and, you know, I wanted to have a beer, but I couldn't like, you know, then it does something psychological people. It's like, you're not going to stop me from, you know, being as, as Zach said, less than sober for this. And so therefore I will, you know, it's, that's why I think college is crazier. And, you know, there are definitely a lot of um, universities are starting to think in the way of the university of Washington, where they are really, you know, saying, okay, like let's, there's a very easy fix here. Like, let's Mm -hmm. just sell alcohol and, fine, we'll continue to like ban it in the student section because we probably should because, you know, only a fourth of our population should be of age who are, you know, the undergrads here. But in the rest of the stadium, you know, we're going to 
allow adults to buy beer, you know, and wine. And, you know, we are better judges of when to cut those people off. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, in the places they've done it, they've, they've seen some success, like, you know, and a lot of times in these, in these stadiums, the people who are, have the worst behavior are like the older people, to be very honest, mm-hmm. like people who are just like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm in my fifties and let's get lit. <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen that a bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just, it's really depressing to see like a, an older, an older person get, get taken away because they're, they're confiscated for illegal booze. <laughs> So, you know, it's just not, it's never a good look. Yeah, that's that's one thing you can roll with when you're 21. It's a little harder to roll with when you're 51, I'd imagine. <laughs> exactly. It's like, really? Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so all that to say, um, what, do you, what do you anticipate drinking at this uh, Penn State-Auburn game? Uh, we're going to go to a tail. I mean, uh, Rolling Rock? What's the... What's I don't the... know. So, <laughs> so my friend Ryan... Um, who lives in New York too, uh, is, is actually an alum of Auburn. I'm just, you know, from the town and my parents were professors there, but I, um, didn't go to Auburn. So he was invited to like the alumni tailgate. And I think they're providing, uh, alcohol. It'll be beer. I don't know what it will be, but so we'll go to the tailgate. You get to to sneak in as a plus one. Is that the deal? (laughs) Yeah. So we'll go in. No, it's a, he was allowed to bring a guest. Um, so we'll go in and like have probably beer or whatever they're providing. It's just like beer and barbecue, I think. Uh, and then we'll go into the game. Um, I'm not interestingly, like I normally, if I've gone to a a college game before would say like, Oh, let's check out, you know, one of the local bars beforehand. Definitely not going to do that this time. (laughs) You know, I'm. I feel pretty safe because uh, Ryan is a doctor here in uh, in New York uh, at Mount Sinai, and he's been very involved in COVID. So if he feels safe to go, then I feel safer to go. Uh, and he's basically said, "Look, as long as we're outside and then we wear, you know, we wear masks and same, we should be okay." Um, uh-huh. So that's what we're gonna do. But so yeah, I, I I'm not gonna like go down to downtown uh, state <laughs> college and like try to go into a few of the college bars and check out what's going on. Like we'll go to this okay. tailgate. We'll have a few beers. We'll go in the stadium. You, we'll you say on. this pregame, who knows post game, all bets are off. <laughs> I mean, let me know if we win. I mean, I got to gloat about it. Come on. No, no you got to, got to give us a, come on, give us a prediction. What's the final score? Oh, final score. Final score. This is good. I think it's going to be 35 Auburn, 21 Penn state. I think we're going to run up the score. I think, I think if we, if our running back can get going, I think that like they're going to try to stop our quarterback. I think we have a better quarterback, even though he hasn't been great the past few years. We had a new coach. I think we're the better talent. So as uh-huh. long as they come in, you know, road games are hard. You know, I mean, yeah. being in the away team is not easy. And again, this this crowd is going. I mean, think about this is this is why I'm a little scared. As is Ryan. This is the first home game for Penn State since COVID and it is a whiteout game. They are going to be rocking. Mm-hmm. So it will be a very, uh, as we should say, live crowd. <laughs> so, well, um, As the away so team on this podcast, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're live right now. But uh, guys, this is a great conversation. We'd love to, I'd love to hear what uh, some of the listeners think. If, if you're attending any sporting events this fall, uh, what the sports bars in your area look like and what you think uh, the fall holds for drinking in sports. And uh, Zach and Joanna, I'll talk to you on Friday. See ya. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington, by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and 
love to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tasting Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.